It's the commute home with Nick and Derek. From Chicago's northwest suburbs, our hosts chat about, well, you know, whatever two middle-aged men like to talk about. The workday is done. Time to grit your teeth, get through the traffic, and make the commute home. Hey, it's Derek. How's it going, man? It's good, sir. How are you this fine 90-degree day in Chicagoland? I am down in the basement, uh, sitting in front of the computers and staying warm, staying cool, whatever, something like that. Staying staying cool. Yeah, Yeah. I was staying cool, and then you complained about the air conditioner noise, so now I'm sweating. (laughs) But that's okay. (laughs) It's your world. We're just all living in it, Derek. That's right. So, hey, we are finally doing it, man. Uh, we are finally doing a podcast. Podcast! Yay! Us! <laughs> All these months of talking without recording, now we're going to talk with recording. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly what we're doing. Yes, sir. All right, let's get started. What are we going to talk about? All right. So first things first, uh, yesterday was Memorial Day. And uh, by the way, thank you very much for your service. I didn't uh, die. Th- that's true, but you did serve. Yeah, but I didn't die. I thought it was for all vets, not just for the ones that fought, that fell. That's for Veterans Day. Is that what it is? I, I honestly, I don't know. Yeah. You should Wikipedia one of these days. Yeah. If anybody's listening... I'm pretty sure Veterans Day is for vets. Memorial Day is for people that passed away because they put like flags and stuff like that on the graves. Boy Scouts okay. do. That makes yeah. sense. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. All right. Till somebody for- proves me wrong. No, sounds right to me. Okay. But uh, thanks for having me over yesterday. I had a really good time, and uh, thanks for dinner. It was really good. You're welcome. It was a. It was. It was good. You got to stand there while. I- cut wood and just stand there and stare. It's kind of awkward, but that's okay. Was it? No, it wasn't. I'm just oh. kidding. <laughs> I was there for moral support and, you know, comic relief, and that was my job that day. Yeah, you, you succeeded in both okay. parts. Good. And the trim was hung with care, like <laughs> Christmas ornaments and stuff. And it's all so- done. Well, yeah, looks good. Wood part. Thank you. So I want to ask you about that and I kind of ask about, so right now you're going through the house and you're changing out all the windows or just some of them? Um, one room at a time, but I think the plan is to change all the windows and then maybe, maybe uh, take out the sliding glass door in the basement and put in uh, French doors. Oh, very nice. Maybe. That's my plan. My wife may think differently, though. Yeah. That's that's a lot of work. Yes, it's a lot of work, but it saves a lot of money. Yes. So why did you decide to change your windows out? Uh, So our windows are original to the house, which was born. It was born in 1991. It was built in 1991. Was it a boy or a girl? uh, You know... I would like to say it's a girl because if it was a boy, it'd probably have a lot more problems than what it does have. <laughs> okay, fair enough. 
So I'll go with that. All right, and, but with, uh, with the windows, uh, I'm I'm pretty done with this. Uh, you know, th- they looked clear before, and it didn't seem like they were leaking air. So why'd you decide to change them? So they were leaking air, even though you really couldn't tell a whole lot. Um, if you got close to the windows, you would see there was quite a bit of a draft, and there was also issues with um, there was also issues with um, it was starting to the wood around the windows because there were wood windows with little aluminum clad on the outside, and the wood on the inside uh, was starting to rot in places. So the windows were falling apart. Oh, okay. And then, um, so we decided we're going to take care of the problem windows first and then go ahead and replace them all. Okay. And I know you said you did a bunch of research on uh, which windows to get and what seemed the best. You want to share your research with, uh, with me? Sure. So uh, we had a few people come out and give us quotes on windows. And uh, usually when people come out to replace windows, they'll give you two quotes. They'll either give you like a a new construction type quote where they'll have to remove the siding or something and uh, parts of the siding, uh, take out the window, entire frame and everything, and then put in brand new windows with the flange, uh, the nailing flange. Uh, so that's one quote. And then the other is for replacement windows where essentially they take out the old window, you use the existing frame, and then you put a window in that fits right in the hole. Uh, so that's a different quote. And come to find out when you do the research, a lot of companies, uh, not all, but some will, uh, especially like general contracting type companies, companies that aren't necessarily the the direct dealer of the specific windows or the maker of the windows, they will uh, just buy the windows from a, a company. And a lot of times they buy those from Home Depot and Lowe's and uh, Menards. So I started researching like of Home Depot, Lowe's and Menards, who had the best windows. And it was almost a wash. So yeah, contractors, uh, if they don't work for the company that actually makes the windows, they're buying the windows from somebody after the research. We, you know, I did, um, come to find out most of the time they buy windows from just like Home Depot or Lowe's or Menards. So then the research, research came down to who has the best windows between those three companies. And it was pretty much a wash and it was all personal preference. And Menards is cheaper. And they've got really good reviews on their replacement windows, so that's the way we went. And uh, what what brand did you get? I believe it's J Weld is the name. It's J W Weld, I believe, something like that. J Weld. Okay. There's a big J W on the sticker, so those guys. I don't remember off the top of my head though. Okay. Way to put me on. Way to put me on the spot, buddy. Appreciate that. Well, I'm sure you'll be asking me to Google stuff uh, later in this uh, broadcast, so we'll see. I will. This is payback. There you go. Okay. Um, 
Now, you're doing a really nice trim job around the windows, and uh, I, I saw you, you kind of got the idea for it from a website. Where do you get the ideas for, like, uh, trim that you're going to put on? And I know you build your own furniture. The furniture that you build, where, where do you get those ideas from for the patterns and designs and blueprints? Uh, my wife finds them. My wife essentially tells me, hey, I want it to look like this. Can you make it happen? Or actually, I, I'd be lying if I said that. She says, I want it to look like this make it happen and that's that's where the ideas come from uh so sometimes like with the trim i'll you know i'll copy off of what a picture shows um sometimes she'll give me an idea and i'll draw it out and i'll say is this what you want and she'll say yes or no and i'll kind of edit based off of that um so that's the majority of what the the building comes from is her just coming up with an idea uh every now and again you'll find a plan online to build something there's a website called anna white.com she uh she has a lot of plans on there for different types of furniture and i've used that before when i bought built my daughter's bed uh i use that when i built the dining room table i i use that site so okay and then uh, the wife, is she just Googling for it? Is she on Pinterest? Any ideas? Or is it kind of a mix? Uh, mostly Pinterest, I believe. Uh, every now and again, Google. But uh, yeah, I believe mostly it's Pinterest that she uses. You should get a Pinterest account. Why? She has one. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Like, for, like, what would I do with it? Like, oh, I don't know. Look, look like for a new, look. look for new projects to build in your spare time. Because uh, yeah. you've got so much of it. Yeah, yeah, I'll get right on that one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll put that on my to-do list. All right, fair enough. All right. All right. So, it sounds like you had some news you wanted to share with me about uh, The Walking Dead. What's going on? As I um, got ready to leave work, I get these uh, I get these news updates from uh, comicbook.com, comicbookmovie.com. Yeah. Yes, comicbookmovie.com. Yes. And I got a news update that Andrew, that Andrew Lincoln, is leaving The Walking Dead. And and who's that? That is Rick. Really. The Walking Dead. Really. Yes. Yes, sir. Interesting. So I heard the news last week that I believe it's Lauren Conrad who plays Maggie uh, uh-huh. was in a in a pilot for a new show. Uh, her contract was expiring with The Walking Dead. She filmed a pilot for a new show, and I guess the pilot got picked up. So they said her role was going to be extremely reduced. And and I read that last week, and then today I saw that Andrew Lincoln uh, decided that he was leaving The Walking Dead. It didn't say to do what, just said that he was leaving, and it's going. He's only going to be in six episodes next season. So I believe the days of me watching The Walking Dead are quickly coming to an end. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. The stars of the show, I mean, are going away. That's that's crazy. Yeah, this this season they lost. Uh, spoiler alert: Carl dies. Uh, <laughs> um, 
you know, there was the whole Negan thing that probably lasted longer than it should, even though I think uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was is an awesome actor. Yes. Um, maybe he kills uh, Rick and he takes over. I don't know. Maybe he has a change of heart and he's like the savior or something. I don't I don't know how they're going to do it. But if if I was AMC, I'd try and lock that guy up because what it said in the article was the AMC's reaction is to try to get Norman Reedus, who plays Daryl, uh, a lot more money to be the lead person. And I don't know if that's the right play, at least not in my opinion. Oh, yeah, I don't know. So I've got a very, very, very high opinion of uh, of, Dar- of the Norman Reedus, the who plays Daryl. Um, I got to see a little bit of him when I went to Wizards World with the, your son a few years ago when we went to the, the, do the uh, photo session with Stan Lee. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Norman was in the uh, the booth next next door to us and doing his stuff. And after you went and you went to pick up uh, your pictures um, that you got taken with the stars, they kind of had like everyone's pictures out on a table that you just walked by and you picked yours up. And like you look at all the other stars and and they're just doing the same pose over and over and over and over and over and over while him, he was doing poses for every single person that went in to take a picture with them and people brought in their crossbows and he was doing a bunch of ridiculous stuff. And uh, I'd have to say his line was twice as long as anyone else's uh, there that day. Uh, he just seemed super popular and just a super just good guy. Yeah, I I think, uh, like, my opinion is not based on him as a person. It's based on him as a that character. That character has been such a supporting character. And, I mean, even the Negan thing, like, Negan, like, broke him down. And the character was just, like, I don't know. There just wasn't much dimension to it. So there would have to be some really good writing to be able to buy him as the leader uh, of the pack, so to speak. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying from the cons. It seems like he is the yeah. fan favorite at the at the cons, though, which might be that in terms of the audience, that might be a lot, a lot of people's favorite, even over Rick. Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be. It could be if you're looking for a popularity thing, maybe he is the right choice. I don't know. Interesting. But I thought that was big. That was big news. I yeah, think, from, absolutely. From the Walking Dead. From I mean, for a show that's uh, you know has lost ratings. The past couple years, for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, I believe you said you don't even watch the show anymore. So, no, I uh, actually a, a guy talked me into to gritting through it and uh, getting through a few slow episodes, and then and then uh, he says you get the few, few those, uh, through those few, it gets a lot better again. I'm like, eh, okay, I'll trust you, and I and I, I believed him, and yeah, he was right. Yeah, definitely got a lot better. So I, I am caught up. I'm up to date. Oh, you are caught up. Okay, so that's... Yeah. That's good. It usually takes me quite a while to get through the season. Like I'll, I'll watch two or three episodes and then it'll be three or four weeks before I'll watch two or three more episodes. Um, the mid season break really helps a lot in regards to getting caught up. It's just any longer. I used to be like, Oh man, walking dead is on. And now I'm like, okay, I just want to see where it goes more than like an interest in the show as a whole, I guess. So, would you ever consider yourself like in the past? Were you ever like a mega fan, or it was always just a show you liked? Um, I got into it, uh, so I never watched it for the first three 
the, there were already two complete seasons when I had okay. watched it. And I just kept hearing about it. And I'm like, a show about zombies? Like, I don't know, man. Like, zombies? Seriously? Because, like, in my idea, like, zombies is like Night of the Living Dead type, <laughs> type thing. Like, ooh, brain type thing. And, I, and then, like, so I watched the first episode and I'm like, this is, this is pretty legit. When, when he has to, you know, the, the little girl walking down the street that's the zombie, I'm like, that's pretty hardcore, man. And like you, you meet the Morgan character for the first time. So I was kind of hooked because I saw the Morgan character. I don't remember his name, but he was in a show that I watched called Jericho. And I really liked him in that, in that show. So seeing him in it was good. And then the whole dynamic with the group from, uh, that was in the, you know, that Shane and Rick's wife and all that were in. I, you know, it was a lot of interesting characters. And I think now there's just not as many interesting characters. I think you and I are in the same boat. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch it the first season or two. And I was like, another vampire show or another. And we've just had so many vampire movies that came out in the last few years before that. And, and, uh, I'm sorry, zombies. Zombies, yeah. <laughs> zombies. Same thing. Uh, yeah, same thing. We've seen so many zombie movies, so many zombie shows. I'm like, eh, I, really? More zombies? I, I, I kind of totally lost interest in it. But then, because uh, it was so popular, I was hearing so much about it. After, I think, it might be the same thing for me. I might have started watching it at the third season and uh, was watching them all online and uh, really got into it, really enjoyed the show. And, you know, it's like most shows, you know, they have a really good first two or three seasons and then kind of slows down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed the same thing. Uh, you know, from what I've heard, just by listening to other stuff and reading, I guess with the writers, when they usually sign on for shows, it's two or three seasons, and then they get all new writers, or they re-up some writers and, you know, bring in some new ones. So you usually see a huge shift in the, you know, the second or at the end of the second or third season based on what I've been told. So when it kind of holds true, you know, and I think the second set of writers for The Walking Dead was good. I, you know, it was unfortunate when Frank Darabont left the show. I think there was a shift. And then, you know, I think there was another shift, you know, a couple years ago. I think the whole, uh, for me, when they went to, everybody was trying to get to Terminus. And, you know, they the cannibal people or whatever. There was such a buildup and such a letdown when you got there. I was like, eh, okay, whatever. But um, but I still have been sticking through it just to, just because I, you know, I used to like the show and the hope was that I would really like it again. Mm-hmm. So have you ever been interested in uh, reading the comic book that it's based off of? Uh, yes and no. Yes, in regards to the story. No, in regards to the fact that it's a comic book. <laughs> Fair enough. And that's, Fair. that's nothing against comic book readers. I think it's great because some of my favorite things to watch on TV and movies nowadays come directly from comics. And it's just not for me. Like, the, I think the art's great and the storytelling is great. It's just the way that you read it is not... Um, 
I'm just not a, uh, it just doesn't appeal to me. So mm-hmm. very good. But, and I've tried, I've tried, I've tried, but, uh, yeah, I just can't, I just can't get into it. So mm-hmm. now if I had somebody read me the comic book, which would probably be really hard to do like an audio book of the comic book. I'd probably enjoy it more, but, uh, you know, I'm one of those people that I read a book and I like, I skim read it. You know what I mean? Like I get, I don't read every single word when I read a book and you know, that's, that's probably a fault of my own, but I think with a comic book, you kind of have to read every single word to mm-hmm. get the gist of what's going on. So, yeah, it is kind of a, a minimalized uh, form. They're trying to, you know, express um, a scene or, or um, a storyline with like as few uh, words as possible and as few pictures as possible to kind of get the point across. So, yeah, it's like every cell and uh, every word is important then. Yeah, like I've heard, I've listened to audiobooks before where like a CD's been messed up or something and it's like I have to skip two or three tracks to and then I'll be like, "Okay, well, I might have missed something, but I'm still going to get the gist of it, so I keep going." I think if you are missing four or five pages in a comic book, the, you know, you're going to lose a huge part of that comic book, so. Mhm. But yeah, that was my big news today. I saw that and I was like, "Damn." Wow, yeah, that's Maybe big. It, it, yeah, I, I uh, might, I might have some bigger news from today. What is your bigger news? Uh, so I heard you enjoyed watching the new uh, Roseanne uh, reboot. I knew you were going to say that, and I okay, go ahead, give me the news. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to be watching it for much longer. Cancel. She's an idiot. Good <laughs> God, man. Oh my God. So what did she do? Like I heard she said something stupid or tweeted or wrote or something she was being an idiot and you know you you work for the house of mouse come on man what did she say Get, tell me what she said if, okay. if it's appropriate for the yeah it is of, I'm, I'm quoting so it's, it's appropriate you know okay the, very good the, this is not my opinions or views this is roseanne's so first of all she tweeted it at 2 45 a.m this morning from from, pers- okay. from personal experience, whenever I tweet or email anything or text anything at 2.45 in the morning, it's not going to be good. Um, and so she was on a thread on Twitter, and she was talking about some conspiracy theory stuff. Uh, I think it has, has something to do with the Obama administration. And she started talking about a woman from the administration called Valerie Jarrett. And in the thread, she tweets, and I quote, Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby. Okay. Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby? Yes. Because uh, Valerie Jarrett is an uh, Iranian-born woman with... uh, I didn't read the whole story on this, but uh, but she is a African American woman. But she was born in Iran, so this is where her Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby comment comes from. It, it doesn't stop there, does it? No, she, no. She went on right away in the morning at like six a.m. and apologized, 
And then at 8 a.m., she went back on and says, I'm quitting Twitter. And uh, this morning, uh, Wanda Sykes says, do you know her, the comedian? Yes. She's a producer on the show. Uh, she, on Twitter, informed the world that she will not come b- back for a second season. But um, because, because of that comment? Yeah. Okay. So, but just from that one comment that I read you, uh, done. Show's been canceled. See, so it's my understanding of the show that most of those actors and actresses got back together to do the show because essentially they couldn't find work in Hollywood. And then, like, including her, right? Like, I haven't seen her in anything since that show was over. I haven't went looking for her, but, you know, like, so because you can't keep your mouth shut and your opinion to yourself, like everybody has opinions and some people's opinions are more ignorant than others, but because she couldn't keep her mouth shut, essentially all of these people are now once again unemployed. Uh, You are correct. Way to go. Roseanne, great job. So she opened that that first episode of that uh, of the resurgence, the you know this this new reboot or whatever. It got like twenty five million or something like that viewers. Like I know it was a substantial amount of viewers, and like the first episode, I wasn't a huge fan of because it was very pro Trump, and I won't get into politics here. But I was just like, I hope that this whole series is not like this. And the second episode is better. And as the season went on, it got better. And like the very last episode was very much a, it was about the family, right? And people doing what you got to do to take care of your family. And for her to just, and that was where Roseanne was at its peak to me was when it was just a show about family. And that was the great thing about the shows that we grew up with, where they were all about and people, when I say we grew up with, I'm talking about the 80s. It was shows about family. I mean, yes, if you look at today's world and all the bad stuff that went on behind the scenes in some of these shows, it's a horrible thing. But the shows in itself were about family. And for people like myself that grew up where family wasn't a huge thing, it was a huge influence on me because I was like, why can't your life be like that? People, yeah, it was Hollywood. It was scripted, whatever. But I was like, why can't you have a happy family? So I've always tried to, you know, live my life and raise my children based on what I saw on screen. Nothing off screen, but what I saw on screen. And it's like, what an idiot. Like, why? Why does it, like, I would much rather 30 years from now it came out that that was her opinion I, I'm sorry, I just would. Like people get on they get behind their computers and like you said, two thirty in the morning, is that what time you said it was? Uh it was two forty five. Yeah, you know what I was doing at two forty five this morning? I was asleep. <laughs> I'm glad that's where your that was that's uh, what your answer was. Yes. That, uh, PG Derek, PG Jesus. <laughs> sorry, Jesus, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mean that in a bad way. Jesus, Jesus, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and let me get, get this straight. So, Roseanne and Tom were your parental role models. This explains no, a lot. No, 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 no. See, see, you, you went Tom. It, it wasn't. It was 
it was Rose. It wasn't even Roseanne because I'm not a mom. I mean, I'm not a ma- uh, female. Uh, it was more like Dan. You know, Dan yeah. was like he yeah. dealt with like her, and it was like it didn't matter because he still had to take care of his family. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He right. never threw it in the towel. Yeah, they killed him off in the show. Blah blah blah. He had a heart attack, whatnot. But for the most part, he took care of his family, and that was. And he stood his ground against her when he had to. Not every little thing that she did that he disliked, but when it came down to it and he had to stand his ground against her, like with the kids or if she did something, he did that as a man. And to me, that's that's admirable because in a relationship, sometimes you deal with stuff that you don't agree with. But you got to pick and choose your battles and you know what's right and that's when you stand up. And like, I can't, for the first of all, I couldn't imagine why John Goodman came back to this show because of all the people, he was the only one I knew that didn't need work, so to speak. But maybe, maybe he did. I don't know. But like, that's what I'm talking about. Not Tom. Not Tom. Or good God, no. Uh, and not necessarily <laughs> Roseanne either. But um, but just the show in general and father. Maybe I should have said father figures on TV in the 1980s. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. That was 90s, though, right? But didn't it start in the 80s? I thought it started in the 80s. Hmm. It's all a blur to me. It 80s, is. 90s shows. Uh, that era, from when the time I was probably like 7 or 8 until the time I was probably 15 or 16, that, that was the era. So mm-hmm. late 80s, early 90s. But, yeah, I, I can't, like, first of all, the comments, ignorant. I mean, P, yeah, maybe you did it for a laugh. Maybe she was drunk, whatever. But it's like, you can't say stuff like that. That's just stupid. Uh, and people, people that, I don't know, I just, that's just stupid. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt on that one. Uh, like I always try to do with celebrities. Um it's just not a smart <laughs> comment. It's just not a smart comment to make. Um, you know, I and I, I went through her Twitter feed for about a minute and just kind of scrolled through it to see what kind of stuff that she talks about. And in the minute that I scrolled through it, I saw like the terms lefty, uh, Chinese Clinton, uh, or some of the other ones. Chinese Soros, Clinton. Clinton yeah. wasn't Chinese. It was an old conspiracy thing that the Chinese embassy was in Arkansas, and they and they believed that the Chinese were uh, bribing uh, the Clintons to uh, for power, basically. Oh. Uh, I've, I've been hearing that one uh, ever since he was in he was in office. Well, that's interesting. I thought uh, you meant like really that Clinton was from China. And when you said Chinese Clinton, <laughs> I'm like, he doesn't. No, I, mean, I didn't say it. Roseanne said it. Oh, okay. All right, source material. I got it. Yeah. And what does oh, lefty mean? Like like a left-handed person? <laughs> I, I believe she means liberal, lefties. Oh, okay. Very well. So all that and, slang uh, form, the, the slang, yes. the political slang of Roseanne. Uh, what's her last name now? Uh, I think it's Barr. Bar? She Bar. goes by Barr. Barr. Roseanne Barr. Mm-hmm. She must, so would that make her a righty? <laughs> Uh, yeah, a righty, a conservative, a, uh, 
a Republican, I guess. They all overlap, you know? Yeah, it's all political to me. Yeah. I don't apparently, get it. I, apparently she really likes well, the... Man. Yeah, she apparently she really likes the conspiracy theory stuff, and uh, you know she's talking about Soros online and all that kind of stuff. Ooh, is she going to do a show now with Jesse Ventura? <laughs> Did you ever watch that show that he had on? No, I didn't. Oh, I watched it. It was entertaining. Conspiracy was theory people—they make me smile. <laughs> I have a friend. I have a friend at work. He thinks the Earth is flat. So, oh there's a lot no, of he's one of yeah, those. He's, he's one of. He's one of those. You can't say those. You can't say uh, those. He's one of them. No, can't say that. <laughs> he's a. He's, he's a. He's, just, he's a person that believes. In okay. That. Okay. And, and he believes in that theory. Yeah, that's what it is, right? A theory. Uh, I don't they think, get it. <laughs> so uh, Joe Rogan, uh, you know, he has the podcast. Uh, he battles with the conspiracy people uh, uh, all the time. And he has like deep bunkers on the show. And he himself used to ho- host a conspiracy theory show. He did it for one season and he, and he stopped. And on this podcast, he says, like every single person, it was all BS. It was all this totally made up when I questioned him and I tried to, you know, drive harder and kind of try to get some facts out of them. I just, you could tell these guys were in it for the money. And uh, he was like really big into UFOs and Bigfoot and, and now doesn't believe in any of that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I guess you could say I pick and choose. I, like, I don't believe like Bigfoot. I believe there's probably some monster some people saw, some big bear or something that people saw, and they were like Bigfoot because they couldn't explain it. I think that's probably where a lot of that stuff comes from, is that people can't explain what they see, and um, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I think in general, I don't agree with it. The only conspiracy theory I believe in is professional sports and how they're rigged. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I, I have no proof. It's just what I believe. What do you think is the most, rig- most rigged sport? Uh, I would probably say the NBA. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've heard this from from, uh, from so many people. They think it's the NBA, and they think it's the refs that they're rigging, not so much the players, because the refs can influence the game so much so easily. Yeah, I don't think that it's like, hey, yeah, like I don't think all the players get together and have this meeting. Hey, this it's it's not the WWE, you know. I don't think that like they script LeBron getting fouled and this, that, and the other thing. I just i I have a hard time believing that. It's always the superstars uh, in the championships. Yeah, people would argue the San Antonio Spurs, but let's be honest, they weren't lacking international superstars. Uh, so that, that would be my defense to that. You know, Manu Ginobili and Tony Parker uh, were huge international superstars. And Tim Duncan was not a, a scrub. You know what I mean? And I'm not I'm not trying to take away anything from these players because they train and everything like that. I just feel like the NBA makes their money off of superstars. And they're not going to allow non-superstar teams 
they'll allow them to go far, but they will not allow them to play in the the championship. They just, I just don't believe it. I just don't believe it. But maybe that's just because I'm a Pacer fan, and the Pacer teams of the '90s never beat the Bulls. And when they do, did make it to the final. Oh, and when the Bulls weren't around, they never beat the Knicks. And when the they did make it to the finals, oh yeah. By the way, you're going to go up against Kelby and Shaq. Yeah, like they had a fighting chance in that one. But mm-hmm. that's a story for another day. <laughs> by the by the way, to hell with the Bulls. I don't care how many people from Chicago hear it. To hell with the Bulls. They really? get what they deserve. They get what they deserve right now. I hope they never win another championship. I'm for what telling reasons? you right now, because I can't stand them. Chicago for, for what reasons? Chica- Chicago Bulls fans feel like they are obligated to win, and it's like, no, sir. You got six championships from the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. That's enough. You don't need to win anymore. Sorry, I don't want to hear it. I watched my entire childhood. I watched Michael Jordan get every single call. Did the NBA is the way that it is today because of Michael Jordan? I will put it that way. So all the people that say they hate the NBA now, you can thank Michael Jordan and Nike and David and, and David Stern. You can thank all of them because he was the first superstar to be marketed the way in which he was. Yes, before him you had Magic, before him you had Bird, but they were never marketed the way that Michael Jordan was marketed. Who's David Stern? David Stern was the commissioner of the NBA uh, back when the Bulls won all those titles. Okay. So, yeah, to hell with the Bulls, (laughs) and I don't care who hears it, to hell with them. Screw those guys. That's my opinion. <laughs> uh, for me, growing up, I mean, uh, in Chicagoland and uh, watching all those finals on TV and and thinking that, you know, the greatest team of all time if, and also the greatest player of all time played for my for my city was uh, that was pretty awesome. And uh, I think a lot of fans are going are to, you know, kind of keep that with them. Yeah, I think it's great. But I also think that what it does. And and don't get me wrong. There is an argument, and and I would probably lose, and that's fine because I could never truly disagree with somebody that says Michael Jordan was the greatest player in history. But what I find though is it blinds people because people look at LeBron James and they're like, "Oh, he would never be Michael Jordan. He would never be Michael Jordan." Uh, I'll argue it the day is long, and I would probably lose. But I just think people are blinded by the fact they they don't look at the talent that is LeBron James and uh, they just discount everything about him because he's not Michael Jordan. I would agree because, with that. And I, and I tell you what, if he ever played in Chicago, they would feel differently. So that That would be interesting. That would be tough but, for fans. Derek, I am home, and Are I have really? a little girl. I am, and I have a little girl walking down the sidewalk to meet me and give me a hug. All right. Well, it's good talking to you, man. 
You too, sir. We will do it again very soon. All right. Have a good day. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We have no idea what we'll talk about next time, but I'm sure we'll have a good time doing it. Our email address is thecommutehome at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, drive safe, everybody.